0: All right, everybody, Welcome back to We Dig Tennessee. Uh, thanks for listening. I'm your host Matt Mingus and uh, we've got a great guest for you guys today. I'm sure you all remember back to our holiday party when Commissioner Clay Bright came out and spoke to us and uh, he's he's here with us again today. How are you doing Commissioner Bright?
1: I'm doing great Matt. I appreciate the time uh, to speak to all of y'all today and hope everybody's staying safe during COVID. Uh, we're,
0: we're, we're doing our best and I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you guys are busy uh, not just with COVID but then trying to keep normal things going as well so we we really appreciate it absolutely well uh if you don't mind commissioner bright would you mind giving us just a little letting everybody know kind of who you are where you're from and kind of how you came to do what you do
1: so uh i appreciate it. yeah i guess i spoke to y'all back in december which seems a lifetime ago and, and enjoyed that uh that conversation that day but anyway so i've been in the saddle i guess a year and a half now uh started uh you know when governor lee asked me to to uh to join him i'd been working for rascal and gory my entire career since i was 19 and and uh, anyway the timing was really good didn't want to leave but it was too good of an opportunity to pass up and to be able to serve the state of tennessee so it's really helped me and i'm sure i'll be a little bit redundant today as far as what maybe i spoke to you back in december But I tell you what really uh, has helped me a lot is just understand, coming from a background of understanding construction, what it takes to, uh, even though I came from the vertical world, uh, I certainly have an appreciation for that and what it takes to get a project done. So it's helped me around here to to have a little bit better comprehension about what we do and what you guys do.
0: Well, we we really appreciate you guys' willingness to, Kind of work with us, and and we certainly believe we're kind of the the experts when it comes to utility coordination and installing utilities, being that that's what we do day mm-hmm. in and day out. So we really appreciate you guys being willing to work with us. Yes, sir. um Well, what we what we did was to kind of follow up on what you said in in at our holiday party was we sent gave our opera, our uh, listeners an opportunity to send in questions and and the members of our association to send in questions for you. So. Uh, If you don't mind, we'll just kind of roll through those questions.
1: Okay. That'd be great, Matt. All
0: right. um, The first question is, is TDOT still interested in budgeting an upfront cost to locate, profile, and build 3D images of existing utilities on new construction prior to highway lettings?
1: Absolutely. I think I was interested a year ago. I was interested in when I talked to you uh, last December, and we're still very much interested in that and moving in that direction. Uh, Jeff Jones uh, heads up an engi- engineering group. Uh, we've got a new system that I may have spoken about before. As far as uh, I think it's a Bentley Systems uh, ORD Open Roads Design that we're excited about, uh, and I think we've had a few lettings so far that uh, that are using the uh, the three D modeling the Open Roads Design format to. Uh, to, uh, to lay all that out. Uh, we certainly have, you know, and are utilizing some of our own call contracts to, uh, to locate where those utilities are and, uh, and to be able to load that information into the system. You know, I tell people, I said, you know, if we can, we may know 50% of what's in the ground right now. And if we can know 75% of the ground, what's in the ground, we're going to be a lot better off. It's going to be hard to know what's a hundred percent in the ground without just absolutely uncovering the whole, the whole line and cost. And of course that's going to be cost prohibitive at some point, but, um, you know, locating where the utilities are at perpendicular crossings and, and, uh, extrapolating that information from crossing to crossing to better understand what's in there. I think we're going to be better off. And, uh, you know, I think we're going to, uh, we're going to spend money on the front end and we're going to take some time on the front end. But in my conversations with Jeff and, in how we develop the engineering and the design of these projects and getting out ahead of this a little bit sooner rather than later to uh to maybe get those projects like i said started sooner and we'd really like to uh to have these utilities moved when we can where we can ahead of the construction so when that contractor gets out there he can just he can hopefully hit the ground running and we have less impact to the uh to our clients who are the state of, who is the state of tennessee and that's what we're
0: trying to do and i think you're absolutely right it it it's impossible to know 100 percent what's in the ground but you're hitting the nail on the head the more we can figure out beforehand is is better and we're we're experiencing the same things as with some of the customers that we work for you know we're going out and trying to to find things before we get to them just so we can be ahead of it and stay ahead of the game and keep rolling so mm-hmm. i think you guys are right on target with that one mm-hmm.
1: I get tired of getting letters in here. People asking me why in the world um, we're taking so long. Some some lady wrote me a letter the other day and she accused me of uh, of being she said somebody over there is the warden who got both the pie and the money. And if you've ever seen Shawshank Redemption, you know what I'm talking about. And I wrote her a letter back. She really kind of tickled me. And I told her, I said, I said, I promise you. Ward Norton is nowhere to be found over here. We're trying to get off that project just as soon as you want us off that project. So, uh, <laughs> anyway.
0: Oh man. That, now that, that is pretty good. That's... Yeah.
1: I thought that was
0: okay. right. All right. Um, well, next question is will TDOT continue to bid utility relocations within the highway construction bid package?
1: Um, well, maybe I was alluding to that or mentioned that earlier. So, so if our preference is if we can get those utilities out of the way and relocated prior to the construction activity, it takes, uh, less risk, maybe encounter those other 25% of unknowns that we don't know, get, take care of those sooner rather than later and, uh, and get those done prior to the contractor showing up out there. But sometimes we can't, there may be instances where we can't and those utilities have to be moved, uh, while the contractor's there. And I think in those instances, we will have that relocation uh, of utilities as part of the contractor's uh, responsibility. And of course, that's gonna give him some, some risk and some burden on him to, uh, to make it happen. I don't know who's better at getting the utilities to move. Can our contractors do a better job at that than we can? But, but uh, again, going back, it's, it's gonna be better for everybody if we can identify the risk that's out there, get that done sooner rather than later prior to the contractor showing up there with all this equipment and get, getting started with work. That's, that's where the real pain happens is when they have to stop and their, uh, you know, morale, equipment, cost and all of that. And again, our imp- impact to, uh, to the public.
0: Absolutely. Okay. Um, all right. Is there a desire by TDOT to bid more design build projects?
1: Yeah, I think so. So, um, So we passed legislation last term that enabled us to increase our number. We have been through a test period on CMGC products projects and able to do those more um, and not just we're past the test period, so to speak. So I think we have some limit of five per year, which I don't think we'll hit that and design build has always been in our toolbox. So, but a lot of these projects that are in the urban areas that are complicated, they're larger, uh, going design, build, and CMGC project, uh, projects or the approach. Uh, the ones we've done so far, I mean, 440 is a, a perfect example. Uh, the Memphis 4 project that we did over in Memphis, we've got a project in Chattanooga that's going on right now. They um, they have been extremely um, successful projects. So yeah, long answer, yes, we will continue to do it. And if some of these projects, as I said, get larger and more complicated that will be um the approach or the delivery method we will use but i will also say the majority of the projects that we do out there they will still remain to be designed bid built kind of projects i'll also mention what we're trying to do on these projects that are alternative delivery as far as the design build and the cmgc um hopefully by this year we're going to be able to put that somewhere on our website and we're trying to figure that out uh, now, but within our three year plan that we publish every year, um, we're wanting to identify what those alter- alternate, delivery projects are, get those out on the website way in advance, identify those that are coming up. Now that may change. We may change your mind. Schedules may slide, but I want you guys to know what's coming down the pipe Cause I think you as contractors, y'all can team up with, uh, you know, if it, if need be, you can team up with road builders. The road builders can team up with design um, firms and whatnot, and get your teams pulled together and know the work that's coming out there, so you can plan your people and plan your teams, uh, and you're not back on your heels, something coming out late, and you're having to scramble. We won't be able. We want people to be able to plan, plan all that well in advance. So, just
0: simple. Yeah, on I know there. that would be. I know that would be a huge help to, to many of our members. Many of our members use, use design firm stuff in their own work. So it's, uh, and then uh, having the ability to team up with, with other folks so we can make everything go as smoothly as possible. That would be, uh, that would be outstanding.
1: Well, I know where I came from. We were looking at work one and two years out and to think we just had people sitting on the bench ready for something that just came in from left field. That just never worked. We, we wanted to get our people committed long in advance. And for me, I want you to commit your people to that project as soon as you can, because I feel like I'm going to get the best people at that, at that point when you're planning ahead. So.
0: Makes a whole lot of sense. The, um, okay. So what are the anticipated 2020 and 2021 letting totals?
1: Well, we've been hovering around a little over a billion dollars a year. So that's what we anticipate for, uh, 20 and 21. But, you know knowing where we are on covid 19 and we've been tracking how that's impacted our revenues and looking at look at that every month when the report comes in for the department of revenue and also uh, dc uh, where hopefully the fast act uh, as far as the federal funding uh, runs out september 30th so we have been working with them hard for the past two or three years for them to come out come up with a more solid plan or to re-engage that five-year plan for another five years so to say we're going to continue doing $1.1 billion for the next two years, we've got some risk in there, Matt.
0: Okay. Sure. All right. Well, that, that, that sounds awesome. Sounds like a lot of work. Yeah.
1: It doesn't go very far anymore,
0: though. <laughs> I know. It's getting harder and yeah. harder. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, considering the lower gas prices at the pump, is there any desire for legislators and the governor's office to introduce in a new infrastructure funding bill
1: you know in his first term there probably is not uh and of course that's the question you know between the general assembly and the governor's office so um and that's what you said in your question you know we just implement what they but we're talking to him all the time we're updating him where we are on our improve act and how we're knocking out those plans but what we've got left we've also we started a, a year ago and hadn't rolled it out yet, but we're looking at middle Tennessee and the congestion plan here and over and above the improve act. What do we need to do uh, out there on a master plan? We also need to be looking at Knoxville, which we are not the other urban areas like Knoxville uh, and in um, and Memphis and Chattanooga. And what are their needs over and above the improve act we have now? And the Improve Act was passed in 17s, having 962 projects out there. So we got plenty to work on, but we're still planning ahead because we're all working, our, always working ourselves out of a, of a job. But you know, those are going to be big ticket items in the billions. So, um, you know, at some point we got to do something. And I, I mentioned in my last conversation on the question about the federal. know they haven't raised the federal fuel tax since 93 so for gas it's 18 cents and for diesel it's 24 cents so you know i really wish they could do something but i'll tell you this and i don't mean to go off on a tangent when i first met with senator lamar alexander two years ago he looked at me and he said do not and he didn't mean this ugly and it took me a while to understand what he meant by it but but he said do not expect us to solve your problems so for me to expect that DC is going to increase the federal fuel tax or whatnot, that was his message to me. You need to do it at the state level, and that's the basis. You know, getting back to answering your question, we've got to do something here. We increased the fuel tax six cents in the Improve Act back in '17, and with these other projects that I thought talked about across the state and completing the uh, the Improve Act and the way fl- inflation's eroding, you know, our buying power to the tune of 4 to 5% every year. Uh, I think we're going to have to do something at some point. What amazes me, and this is probably not fair for me to say, but but I mean, I can drive across town and I can buy gas different places for 20, 30 cents a gallon cheaper. So I just, sometimes it's hard for me to understand why nickel would impact people so much because it would be such a benefit to us. But it, there again you know it does impact families you know pocketbook and in the times we are now it's a big impact so that's why i mean it's not fair for me but i wonder especially with gas prices as low as they are would anybody really recognize a nickel a gallon but i I didn't mean to get off track
0: oh no absolutely not it was was fantastic information to have Uh, uh okay well, I know I, I, what I can say is I I got the opportunity. I know you mentioned 440 earlier to drive on 440 for the first time uh, a few weeks ago after it was completely done, and I was impressed. So it's what y'all are doing is working. So I, I, I'm I'm happy with that.
1: Well, I appreciate that. We got a lot of good feedback. So I think I think the general public needed some good news here.
0: Yes, it did. And that and that that new 440 is a, a vast improvement on the one I grew up driving on. So.
1: <laughs> it' was pretty bad
0: Alright, um, all right. well what are some of TDOT's Major highway construction projects That are in the six year plan
1: Well, I mean As I mentioned before, we have a three year plan That we uh, Redo every year And of that three year plan, of course the first year Is what we present to the General Assembly And they vote on it and approve it So by law, we, we, we've got to get those projects done And then we have the second and third year plan that are, That's in there or the second and third year that's in the three year plan. And of those in the second year, probably 80 to 85% of those projects will come to fruition and about 65% in the three year plan. So it's a pretty good picture for everybody, including you guys to know what's coming out there. And also that plan is also based on our four year uh, step plan, the state transportation improvement plan. And it's rooted in the improve act that I've already talked about. So. So we try, that's, you know, another way we can let people know and uh, what's coming up up out there. And we really try to distribute those projects as best we can. Since I've been here and previous, uh, the split between the money spent every year between rural and urban is probably about 50-50, plus or minus a percent or two. And across the four regions that we divvy up in the state. Those are, you know, they, they plus and minus some, but they, they average about 25%, you know, from each region. So we really try and do our best about spreading the, uh, the dollars out across the state. Now, you know, regions ebb and flow, and that's just the way things go. But in our three-year outlook, we're trying, to, uh, we're trying to, to be fair across the state and putting those, uh, those dollars to work. So, you know, some of the more significant projects we've got out here uh we've got a lot of projects that are uh, that are widening modernizing the uh like I75 north of Knoxville I se- I-24 over in Chattanooga down to the Georgia state line uh I65 uh from Nashville all the way to Kentucky state line I think we've got that split up in four phases and one of those projects <clears throat> may be uh design build just to get it done quicker and then I40 east of Memphis we're also widening and installing safety improvements over on Alcoa Highway 129 between Knoxville and Alcoa. Uh, upgrading US 127. That one's got about seven or eight phases to it, north of I-40 up in Cumberland and Fentress. That's been a big project that those counties have been, uh, have been mourning for a long time. Uh, completion of the loop, uh, 374, the Southern Loop, around Clarksville and Montgomery Counties out there 69 we continue to work on that between dyersburg and the kentucky state line uh the widening of lamar avenue us 78 over in memphis is a big complicated project and then we have a lot of bridge projects and bridge replacement projects across the uh, across the state that are that are in that lineup so still a lot of work to do matt
0: yes there is that, that sounds like a lot I, i'm mm-hmm. excited about that uh you know widen 65 up to the kentucky state line that one's got me excited right there yeah
1: well (laughs) kentucky's already done it of course they have mitch mcconnell in kentucky so we uh we always accuse them of uh you know whatever but anyway they've got that road up there ready to go so it's it's time we match it And, and of course if you've ridden it lately it's it's got some bad bad spots that are really unsafe that we we really need to tackle and that's why we as I mentioned, we put one of the phases in design build, so we can go ahead and hopefully get it knocked out.
0: Well, that's awesome. It sounds like y'all have got a good, a good handle on on what's going on around the state to to keep everyone that's driving safe and, and traveling on good roads. So I, I, that's awesome to hear.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, has the lighter traffic due to COVID nineteen helped the schedule on the new T highway projects and maintenance work?
1: You know, maybe a little bit. But it's a little bit of a two-edged sword too. So back in April, I mean, we I get a report every day and once a week. More once a week report I get about the rural areas. The the daily uh, report I get, which is Knoxville, Chattanooga, Nashville, and, and Memphis, uh, we're keeping up with the number of travelers out there. So we got down to about forty percent. So that was a you know a big lick. But since then, it has steadily been trending up. And for the past couple of weeks, it's topped out. But with, we're within 10 to 11% of where we were in traffic in the urban areas back in 19. But 19 was a big traffic year. Uh, so we're really where we are now on traffic, really more corresponds kind of back to where we were in 2017. But in talking to a lot of other states across the country, a lot of other states seem to be a lot worse off than us as far as transportation, people using the roads, the fuel revenues and all that. And a lot of the other states are probably more back to 15 or 14. So I'm not exactly sure. And I will tell you this, there are a lot of states out there um, they are in a tougher place as far as revenue. And I don't know if it has to do with Way we have managed our work. We're a pay-as-you-go state, which is really only five of us out there like that. But, but our finances are in pretty good shape, other than what I mentioned about the fuel tax revenues earlier in this conversation potentially being down, and that could be one to two hundred million, is what we're telling the governor's office. But, uh, you know, that one point one billion, we're not too far off from from continuing to to provide the work out there to the state of Tennessee that we have seen out there in the past. So, you know, rush hour, you know, I'm going to be really interested in what traffic looks like when school gets started, whatever school getting started looks like. And uh, so that's going to be interesting on the traffic and really, I don't know if you've noticed it in your group, but uh, we just don't seem to have a rush hour like we did. I mean, when I come to work in the morning and the evening, like I said, our traffic is with is within ten percent of where it was in nineteen, but we're not seeing the peak traffic like we have in the past. So obviously, people are working from home and they're traveling, you know, at different times of the day. Um, so the other part of it uh, that I wanted to mention to you, Matt, as far as being the double-edged sword, maybe with that lighter traffic that helps us a little bit, but also um, when you have less traffic. It's uh, people are going through these work zones a lot quicker and I'm going to try and send you some information, Matt. After this call, uh, we keep up with our work zone uh, crash data and we, we share it with the road builders. And we also share it specifically, we share it with uh, highway patrol to let them know what, what the, uh, the accidents are looking like in our work zone. So, so let me read this out. So despite the traffic decrease in traffic volumes due to COVID this past quarter, which is second quarter, there's been a 17% increase in work zone crashes statewide. Uh, The increases in the following categories, suspected minor injury was 23%. Suspected serious injury was 177% increase. Property damage over $400 was 12% more. Property damage under 400 was 20% increase. So... Less traffic. You think we could do more work? I don't think we've had anybody injured, but to me, it's only a matter of time before somebody gets injured with people, you know, having you know these increases uh, increases in injuries and work zone crashes. So, uh, you know, that's something we share with THP, and we're trying to figure out, you know, is it is it an education issue? Is it an enforcement issue? What can we do to make these work zones safer? So.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's crazy. That's not uh, that's not something I would have expected to hear. So that's uh, am any information you're willing to share with us, I would, I'd be yep. happy to share it with our with our group or even put it in the show notes so that anybody listening could click on it and and, and, and kind of see what you're talking about because that, that I did not expect to hear that. That's crazy.
1: Well, at some point, what we're trying to get ready for next year is what can we do? What tools do we need in these work zones to make them safer? Is it something on the enforcement? Do we need to increase fines? I don't know what it is. Some sort of camera enforcement has been discussed for years. So at some point, that's going to take some uh, some work on the General Assembly and the uh, legislative to, to pass certain laws to help us keep those work zones safer. And at that point, we will certainly need y'all's participation and support in trying to get that done. So.
0: I, I think I can speak for everybody in, in Nuka of Middle Tennessee that if you guys need our help on how to keep our guys safer, we are uh, got no problem with that.
1: Absolutely. I appreciate that.
0: Um, oh, yeah. Well, just let us know anything we can do and, and we'll be I happy will. to help out.
1: I so, certainly um, will.
0: Well, how has COVID 19 affected T DOT's ability to get out and purchase right of or, or other things you guys do to, to kick off a project? So
1: back in March and April, we sent everybody home. We were set up for it. So of the 4,000 people we have, 2,000 are working from home, quote. We sent them from headquarters and from the regions. And the other 2,000, they work in the field anyway. I mean, this, the construction guys, the maintenance guys, just like you, they, they can't work from home for obvious reasons. So, But there are departments that have been affected, and right away, that's a great question. Right away has certainly been affected. You know, they weren't able to get out, get on those properties, look at the properties. I mean, a lot of them, we have to get inside the businesses and, and do those audits, you know, meet with the homeowners if they're moving, going through their houses. So we really have had to, for the first couple of months, had to really slow that down and figure out what we were going to do and had to do all that safely. So, uh, so it, it's been a it's been a challenge for us cause I mean all these are the negotiations and closing they're being, they're being done in person. So, uh, and we're try- trying to figure out different ways to do it. Can we do it by FaceTime and them doing videos throughout their homes and whatnot to, uh, to try and facilitate that. So, um, uh, and we're increasing our staff in the right of way to, uh, because it's just taking longer for right away to be purchased, not just going out there and buying a piece of property, but like I said, when you've got businesses to move and homes to move, it's just a lot more involved, and there's a lot more face to face. So we're we're trying to figure it out, but the process is taking more time. So I'd say probably of all our different divisions, right away has been one of the ones that has been most has been heavily impacted. In that
0: okay. Well, now kind of with everything we've talked about, kind of combined with with the COVID, the delay in the right right-of-ways the you know the less traffic and is any of this leading to any delays and getting new projects going? Um, No, I don't think so. I mean, we've had, we've had
1: things lined up. Now there will probably be to say everything's right on target and we hadn't had a slip here or there. That that's probably not a correct statement, but as far as the leadings we've had and the projects that we're trying to get out there, uh, we've been hitting that pretty hard. So I think we're still keeping our head above water there But you know what? The question that we have is, what do we not know? And, you know, we're trying to get these projects and the design and all that and the right away and everything done in advance so we can so we can meet these lettings. I mean, our job is to spend every dollar that comes in. So we're we're still doing that. We're spending all the money. But uh, we're being very cautious and really it just takes a lot on leadership when you got a lot of folks working at home and not able to just look over their shoulder every day. To make sure everybody's doing what they they need to do to have uh to have these projects ready to go and where they need to be and to be in the form and uh you know to have the information there that y'all can bid them and we can move on and get the projects done. So so uh, there's probably been a little bit of up, up uh uh o's maybe here and there that I don't know about, but uh, but I think we're still treading water pretty good there.
0: Good. That's awesome. Yeah, I was going to say we, we, we haven't really felt much of a slowdown from it. So I, I didn't know if maybe it was affecting other parts of what you guys do, but yeah, we're things are rolling right along for us.
1: Well, like I said, I mean I don't know if it's the pay as you go and the money's there, but we've we've heard and seen a lot of the states that have really, really cut back on their letting. So we uh, we don't really understand, not smart enough to figure out what in the world we're doing that's right, but but it's it's still working, so we feel pretty good about it.
0: Good deal now i know at the holiday party um you know we, we got some suggestions from from the crowd on things you could do to improve uh design mm-hmm. projects and sue or uh, subsurface utility engineering was a big one and i know sue can mean a lot of things it's kind of it's got different levels to how you use it uh, but is that something you guys have started to integrate
1: uh, yeah absolutely and uh and we do have on-call contracts as far as consultants that can help us with that operation. You know, I guess I see the subsurface. I mean, that operation, that is the engineering. That's where we're gathering the information where we're doing potholing to find out where utilities are and, uh, you know, figuring out what all is out there. Uh, but we got to have that information and maybe again, we don't have, have the whole entire line exposed, but we have, we have done as much due diligence as we can ahead of time to be able to transfer all that information to do that 3D model, the open roads design that we can have out there to figure out where the new locations are gonna be or where the existing locations are impacting our catch basins, our underground utilities that we're having to put in and to get all that done on paper because obviously it's a lot easier to do it in the computer than it is in the field. And you know, the utilities say, I'm gonna put mine here and they're gonna put theirs there. You know, you know, taking care of those conflicts ahead of time, you know, is obviously the right thing to do. What's interesting, though, is, again, we won't find it all. We'll find 75%. I know of a project down in Franklin we're still working on. I think it was AT&T, and I'm not picking on them. It could have been any of them, but they swore. They swore their damn utility was above ground, and by God, we found it, and it was below ground, and nobody knew it was there. So, I know I'm preaching to the choir when I, when I give that example. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) So that will continue to happen. I know, but the subsurface utility engineering, we have to do that to get the information into that 3d model.
0: Okay, Awesome. All right. Well, that that's really all the questions we have for you today, but I, I had one more for you and that was just, you know, what can we as utility contractors and association do to further help you guys with, to, to improve this process?
1: Well, I I mentioned the deal about work zone. I mean, safety is a big deal to me, especially with my background and all that. I mean, we want our workers to go home to their families, and we want them to come back to work the next day. So that is something we'll follow up with you on and strategize going forward. And then just how we can better eliminate risks that are out there. And, again, like I said, I understand working in the ground, that's where the biggest risk for any project is. And just how we continue to use technology and understand what's out there in working with the utilities and, um, um, and how we work with those utilities better to, uh, to get them, to get them in there and get their work done ahead of time. I know on a lot of projects, I guess it's food chapter 86 or whatnot. We can pay the utilities there, but we need to have that process done sooner rather than later. And I don't mean to be beating a dead horse there, but, uh, we just got to do all that earlier and having, feedback from y'all and suggestions how, ha, on how we can do that. And a lot of it has to do with re- relationships with these utilities and knowing the right person to talk to and doing that, that's a huge help. So sometimes you guys may have better contacts there than we do. So.
0: Okay. And, we, and we'll be happy to share any information we can with you guys to make these processes go as smooth as possible. Cause you're, you're exactly right. I don't know how many times over the years we'll be on a project and something's in conflict somewhere else we got to pull a crew off go take care of that and then go back to what we were doing so it's uh the more we can help coordinate these things and make things go smoother for everybody we're, we're happy to be a part of it absolutely all right well commissioner that like i said that's about all the questions we had for you so man again i really appreciate you joining us
1: well i'm sorry matt it couldn't be in person i look forward to, to uh doing that I, i've really missed that part of what i do So uh, I hope all of you stay safe and keep working out
0: there. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. All right, guys. Uh, Commissioner Bright has now left the recording. Uh, Again, I just want to say a huge thank you to his office and Commissioner Bright for, you know, getting involved and helping us set this up and following up on what we heard at the holiday party. You know, I was very uh, inspired and happy with what I heard at the holiday party. And I, I know that a lot of you were as well. And it's just awesome that Commissioner Bright is still engaged with us and, and, you know, working with us to make this better. And, you know, his, him seeing that the safety of our guys is important, as he mentioned in this interview, is just another awesome thing from his office. So and we, we really appreciate what you guys are doing. Um, with that, guys, we'll wrap it up today. Um, I, I hope everybody listened or saw your weekly email. Um, you know, we've got some, a lot of stuff going on uh so get in there and check out the recalls on the hand sanitizer and, and other things going on here in the chapter uh as i mentioned last week guys we still have two open seats for contractors on the board so if you're interested in serving and helping us grow this voice please get in contact with me let me know be on the lookout for them the weekly updates from heather there's a lot of great information in there guys uh, a lot of stuff to look over uh a lot of webinars coming up, some of our members are putting out to, to help us get, you know, get in that direction of back to normal or whatever new normal is gonna be. So let, let's keep our eyes open and, 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 and tune into those. Uh, if there's something you wanna hear on here, let me know. Uh, if you're a new member, you wanna come on, just, you know, let, get to know the membership since it's, we can't have events at the moment, so we can get together and get to know everyone. If you wanna come on here and let everybody know who you are and what you're about, what you can offer the chapter, we can offer our members. Let me know we're, we're happy to do it uh, and guys as always give us a rating let us know how we're doing let us, let us know if you're you're hearing what you want to hear on here because we're we want to make sure we're putting a product out that you're you're proud to have the nuke of middle tennessee name on and with that guys uh i'll wrap it up so you guys stay safe out there keep digging tennessee